Welcome to a new episode of the Summix podcast. I'm your host Tony and today we're going to be discussing health and safety issues within the extractive sector. We will have the chance to hear from Sophie Grenad and Alex Stanoff who are both experts in this field. Sophie is a policy advisor for Industrial All European Trade Union where she focuses on raw materials and circular economy. She has more than 10 years of experience in trade union work at national, European and international level. Before joining Industrial All Europe, Sophie worked as an advisor on European affairs with the Belgian Trade Union Confederation. Alex has a master's degree in mechanical engineering and engineering safety. He has extensive experience in mine safety and occupational health and safety. Alexander successfully implemented occupational health and safety initiatives at the Bulgarian operations of Dundee Precious Metals, and he's especially proud of the zero-level last time injuries achieved in 2021. So, to start things off, let's reflect on the current state of health and safety in the mining industry. As we all know, um, mining is traditionally seen as a dirty and dangerous industry, which is one of the reasons why it still suffers from a bad image. However, we also know that the industry has made significant efforts to improve health and safety conditions in the last decades. Sophie has a lot of experience in this field, and she shared with us her take on this. And she especially reflected on the major issues or challenges when it comes to health and safety in the extractive sector we see lots of effort on the on different level uh, european level member state level but also company level we see uh, we see lots lots of things happening and that's very uh, very um, important to say but we have also to say that there is still problems that's that's uh, important to mention uh, in a very broader way i'm not just talking about extractive industry but that's important to recall that uh, uh, the, the the fatal accident in in um, at work are declining this is true but uh, there is uh, more and more occupational disease uh, which are increasing a lot uh, these uh, last years. Uh, just as an example, 100,000 workers die every year for occupational cancer due to exposure to uh, hazardous substances. So that's uh, also very much important to mention, I think. So this also means that we still continue to uh, to work on this uh, important topic. wanted also to mention that um, uh, psychological pressure and uh, long working hours are also causing lots of uh, new new problems, if I may say, like hurt, uh, disease, depression, and, and suicide. And um, in extractive industries, of course, lots of effort. I already say that, but there, this is also the case. We also see some some uh, remaining problems. Um, for example, just to wanted to mention in April uh, 2022, 10 workers died in Poland, eight in Serbia, and uh, um, uh, there is still uh, uh, lots of respiratory system disease, musculoskeletal disorders. So that's um, uh, probably uh, mining is the sector with the most uh, work-related problem, if I may say. So it's clear that the extractive sector still has a long road to go to achieve its zero harm objectives. Alexander has long standing experience in the industry and he explained to us how his company is addressing health and safety challenges. We asked him to provide us with some examples of the approaches his company takes to tackle these issues. The first important 
think that uh, Dundidan, when came in Bulgaria, is to change the mining method from uh, sub-level caving to open pit mining. That is more safe than uh, than the other. Uh, the second thing is uh, to change all the equipment. Now the we don't have a miners, we have operators. Uh, they are working in um, closed cabins with uh, air conditioner. They are not exposure to the environment in the mine or dust or temperature, whatever. Uh, the other thing is the safety system. We had a lot uh, new. Uh, how to say, the good practices implemented. Uh, the main aim of this is to involve everyone in the process of uh, improving safety. Uh, these procedures uh, take five five point or incident reporting, uh, ICAM investigations. We have a set of golden rules uh, implemented in our society. We develop them uh, based on the main risk in mining industry. And uh, if uh, some from our employee or external contractor um, don't follow the rules. The consequences are very, very hard for them. I can imagine that the increasing automization and digitalization in mining operations is changing quite a lot the landscape when it comes to health and safety protocols. Let's hear from Alexander which roles this plays in his company. Uh, we are very open with uh, digitalizations and we are trying to implement uh, the last technologies in our mind. Uh, for example, uh, the last uh, implemented technology is to take out from the underground uh, rock breaker operator. Now he operates the rock breaker that is underground in the crusher complex on the surface. And he is sitting in the office and no exposure of uh, dust, uh, temperature, whatever. Uh, the next step is uh, the front load operator to operate the remote their machines from the surface. Uh, also, we already have implemented uh, surveyor drones that uh, keep out the surveyors from the hazardous area underground. And I'm not fully familiar with all implemented technologies in in our companies, but this is an example of some of them. Uh, the last thing, uh, the one of the drilling machines, we've changed it with drilling machine with batteries, and uh, now we're in process to implement it as a production. That means that uh, no diesel exhaust exposure will be uh, with this machine. So. It seems clear that innovation and technology development has the potential to greatly improve health and safety conditions in the mining industry, as Alexandra has just highlighted. However, there are certainly bottlenecks to overcome. One of the challenges that I see is ensuring that workers have the skills and knowledge needed to operate new technologies safely. This can require significant investment in training and education. Additionally, it's important to ensure that workers are involved in the design and implementation of new technologies so they can provide feedback and identify any potential safety risks that may have been overlooked. Let's hear from Sophie. What's her take on this topic? Yes, of course, probably that, that, that can help. This is also part of the uh, evolution of industry. So, of course, uh, we are very much uh, already very much adv advanced in, uh, in digitalization. 
uh, and that could uh, maybe help regarding the the, uh, the exposure risk of workers to uh, to different dust and the uh, and, uh, temperature, etc. That is absolutely true. But we also have to take into consideration that uh, digitalization have uh, uh, also new risks uh, of uh, regarding health and safety. So we have also to take all this, uh, this new risk of, uh, of digitalization regarding the health and safety of workers. Uh, because, yeah, I'm just I'm talking here about uh, some new, new machines, of course, but also uh, uh, artificial intelligence that could also sometimes uh, cause new problems. Well, that's interesting. So Sophie confirms that digitalization and automation offer new opportunities, but it may also cause new problems and risks. I would also like to understand a bit better which role trade unions can play to improve health and safety conditions. As one of the main functions of trade unions is to advocate for the rights of workers, including the right to a safe and healthy workplace, they have quite a crucial role to play. We asked Sophie to provide us with some examples of her work. We think that uh, we are going to achieve better better achievement uh, regarding uh, health and safety if the trade unions are involved in the uh, anticipation plan, in the training programs, in identifying also the problem. This is very much important. For that, we have some some, some examples. First, the uh, NEPSI program, which is about the, the uh, respirable silica. We have that a very much important work with employers, trade union employers, on the EU level, trying to tackle this problem because, you know, silicone is still a huge problem in mining and there we have a, a, a European legislation with some um, exposure limits but we think that having just exposure exposure limit will not help on the ground because we also need good practices we need to uh, we need training for companies and for workers etc so we are working very well with employers organizations on the EU level to try to uh, to to have some concrete implementation of this uh, 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 exposure limit if I may say I think this is a, a very good example very shortly another good example of society dialogue uh, Germany there all employers are obliged to be member of a prof- professional organization this is also the case for extractive industries and mining and this organization this professional organization is getting fees for every employers in proportion uh, to the numbers of employees at risk in their branch or at the work site. And the more the employers are doing to reduce uh, the harm, uh, the less they have to pay. So that's uh, uh, that's also maybe a good practices. And there, in this organizational, uh, professional organization, sorry, trade unions are sitting uh, in the broad in the board of these uh, organiz- the professional organization with uh, 50% of seats. So this is a space in which they can discuss about uh, the, the, the main problems and how they can tackle these, uh, these, uh, this problem. These are really inspirational examples of how social dialogue and changes in the organizational culture can help improve health and safety conditions. We are already approaching the end of this episode but I would like to quickly touch upon the role of legislation in improving health and safety conditions. I asked Alexander whether he believed that legislation provides the fundamental basis or if industry can go beyond to further improve working conditions. Yes, our vision is that the legislation set the minimum requirement for safety. Uh, We are trying to maintain a higher level. Our legislation for mining in Bulgaria is from 1971. 
all the time we are looking for uh, uh, best European and world standards in mining and uh, each year what changes they have in legislation and what are uh, the minimum requirements for the world level when we try to make on higher level as I said is uh, we have a changes in one uh, legislation for diesel resource exposure uh, on the ground and in open pit mines. Uh, we have uh, in this legislation set a minimum uh, exposure limit, but nobody in Bulgaria can measure it. And we hired a laboratory from Romania, SGS, and the uh, analysis of the samples we've made in USA, just to see where we are. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, this will be enforced in 2023 in open pits in 2026 in, uh, in underground mines. This is my meaning that it's not very easy in Bulgaria to follow the legislation because it's not up to date. If we want to be up to date with the new legislation, there is no way to how to measure the, the new requirements. So I understand that for industry to excel in the area of health and safety, legislation should be considered as the starting point and a minimum requirement for setting high-level standards. We are now at the end of this episode of the Sumix podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. Today we heard about several good practices, both from the industry and the trade union side, on how to improve working conditions in the extractive sector. In case you are interested in this topic, I would like to invite you to have a look at the knowledge repository of good practices that we've developed within the framework of the SUMEX project, where we've compiled the best practice examples about health and safety, among many other topics which we explore in this podcast series. Thank you once again for listening. 